Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. It was fun being with another. Hey there, Beverly Hills, 90210 fans. You know how when they yell cut, they wouldn't stop. That's interesting. What? Yeah. <laughs> if you were Donna, what would you have said? A waitress rather call um, the police, <laughs> and she was mistaken for cops. Along with your host Charles Rosen. But look at that Dean Cake, and Dan probably got the best performance he ever gave. We're having a meeting here. Oh, at least there's one person on this forgot set that knows what they're doing. Larry Mullen. I had a friend named Craig Richland. You know, there was still cocaine around and stuff. I always remembered him. And I just kind of thought I would honor my my coke dealer. Pete Ferrero. Here's where I learned it. It's possible Claire would have gone out with me. That was your ticket. So sit back and relax because it's like totally time for the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Just hold on to me tonight. Okay, here we are back again on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. We are live everywhere facebook which i feel like is a dead platform at this point uh instagram and youtube youtube yes chuck how are you man lots going on in the world of 90210 here some passings of someone that you knew a very long time how, how how's everything going with you well we learned we need a new roof what you know it, it it's been a wet it's been a wet winter Yes. And uh, I spend way too much time with doctors. And, um, you know, there's, and there's pain all around and all over the map and in my body, too. But uh, today, really zeroing in on, on moments with, with our friend Duke Vincent, who really was the, he was the bedrock of a, of a imagine, let me just go riff on this for one second. Yeah. I, I never thought about this before. But imagine that you're in a war zone that's been just, you know, getting demolished. And that war zone was spelling entertainment. That a company that had lots and lots of employees and shows and this. And it was down to um, nothing but the class of Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills 90210. And he is like... Spelling has most of the people who'd been all these are gone. It's a much of a, a skeleton company, practically owned by a man who owns bananas out of Cincinnati at that moment. That's how Jules Heimovitz imagined. And here is Duke Vincent, this kind of bedrock, legendary, really knowledgeable um, producer. You know, I only, I never worked a half hour. I guess it was his first credits were in the half hour world with Gomer Pyle, single camera half hour. Um, And he worked for Danny Thomas and Sheldon Leonard there, but he and Aaron, I guess, hooked up. I read, I read the bio today, hooked up in 79. And he just was a formidable figure. He's like the person, you're not going to destroy this company. (laughs) I am the company. I am Spartacus. You know, he was a, 
he was a tough, uh, you know, that's the one thing when we were with Jason, you know, all the things you could say about Duke and no one's going to say the other thing about it. But the thing I loved about him, and I think vice versa, is that he was a puncher. He was a fighter. He was not going down. It was, this was the number. This was the number it cost. This is what we're doing. You know, he was a very direct and um, was, I learned a lot from him. Uh, Larry, it's good to see you. How are you, man? What You've had a busy couple of weeks. We haven't seen you. Uh, how, how are you? Good. Everything's good. You know, it feels like a little bit of spring today, which was nice in the air. You know, it was good. Uh, yeah. An entertaining uh, visitor from Austin, Texas. So we've been doing, you know, things we never would do ourselves, which is go to this art exhibit, which Chuck really raved about called Luna Luna. Did you do um, Was it good for you? Well, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I loved it. I, figured, I knew you would. It's we so saw the uh, you know we saw the Marley movie yesterday, which was terrific. Oh, really nice. enjoyed it. And then uh, going to Getty Villa Villa tomorrow. So just doing kind of touristy things. Nice. Yeah, you know, I wanted to think. You know, I wanted to kind of give. You know, Chuck gave what was inside the man. I wanted to kind of give the outside because Duke to me when I saw him, he it was like Dean Martin. He was always impeccably dressed, and he had an amazing tan. And he was a goomba. He could really lay it out, lay it out there. And mm -hmm. uh, he was the party. We, I never saw the guy down ever. I mean, and like Chuck said, he was a fighter. So you know, maybe you never did see him down. But if, if, if you're a mystery book reader, there's a book series called Nero Wolf, where the detective Nero Wolf never leaves his house. But he has this guy, Archie. And Archie goes out and has all the adventures for him. And he fucks the women. He does this. He, and, and, but, but he's the brains of it all. And that was their relationship. Spelling was Nero Wolf. And, and Duke was was Archie. Duke would go out there and regale Aaron what he did that weekend, and Aaron would be, be excited. Well, I realized <laughs> I realized I have a, an old Hollywood story that was long before I ever met Duke Vincent. But I my first job was at uh, 20th Century Fox on Pico in West Los Angeles, and we were doing the show Breaking Away for ABC Television. Glenn Gordon Karen was the 26-year-old showrunner, and I was the 28-year-old um, executive story editor, writer on staff. I would, you know, we we were the, you know, we were way, way in the corner. And when you'd walk to go eat in the commissary, you would be, and we were 20th century show, and you would walk through the old Heidi sets, except the old Heidi sets had been taken over by Spelling Company. This is where when Aaron was building his shows on ABC, this is where was his base, not West Hollywood, where he, huh. he ultimately moved off the Fox lot. Once Fox the lot. Okay, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. And Duke Vincent was this presence. He had a he had got a neck brace. He was wearing a neck brace. He'd always wear like a, a you know, like a khaki uh, military you know, field jacket where you'd have your binoculars up, you know, looking for the tanks, except, you know, it was a, Jim Weatherall was like that too. They, they were going, it was like war. And I, so I would see him in the commissary or passing him. And he had a reputation, as you say, he liked to entertain wherever he was, was the party. Remember this was the late 1970s, early 1980s. And he didn't grow up with seatbelts or drinking. Hollywood probably never partied as hard. You got to go back to Fatty Arbuckle time or Charlie Chaplin time as hard as Hollywood was. Yeah, so he yeah. was, you know, he was a player. But 
two-fisted yeah. drinker. Before we get into all, all these things, I, I want to. I, I looked before we get to the Jason clip too. I looked to see if there was any clips online of Duke talking about nine hundred two one zero or anything like that. That doesn't exist. But here he is. Just so fans have context as to what this person looked like and what he sounded like, here he is talking about the Kennedy assassination. Apparently, he wrote a book about about this. So, okay. what were they Never looking knew. to do? Well, actually, what happened, as you say, Connie, the book begins <laughs> with the deal that the uh, CIA made with the uh, mob to assassinate Castro. And the quid pro quo of that deal was if they would agree to assassinate Castro, the federal government would agree to lay off the mob and give them comparative impunity. What happened was John F. Kennedy was elected president. And the first thing that Kennedy did was put his brother Bobby in as the attorney general. Yeah. Well, Bobby immediately went after the mob. Yeah. The quid pro quo was out the window. And nobody had mentioned that Papa Kennedy had paid Sam Giancana in Chicago get us some of the dead bodies to vote. Exactly. Yeah. That, that is one of the things that, of course, it, I mentioned in the book. And, yeah. and what happened was, you know, Bobby became attorney general, and the very first thing he did was go after the mob. Yeah. The deal was out, you know, was out the window, and in sp- uh, particular, Jimmy uh, Hoffa. Hey, you brought up well, politics you know, now. Jimmy you know, Hoffa I'm going to have to out him. was the Teamsters leader who yeah. controlled the Teamsters pension fund, yeah. which funded... All right, hotel. <laughs> but yeah. you get an idea of who of who Duke is. No, you don't. But I, I'm going to take you down that lane. The one thing where Duke and I, the, the you know, it was I remember I called on behalf. The one thing relative to this podcast, which which you both guys know, is I called Duke to see That's if right. he'd come on our podcast, and he said I'd love to. But if I did this podcast, I'd have to do all the podcasts. I'd have to do all of them. I just turned down everything. We had a really nice conversation and left it at that. And I made no reference to the time before that, which we, when we spoke, which was 2004, where I got, where I called him up and was not kind. Uh, He did not hang up on me, but he was not happy with me because, you know, he was the number two financial backer of Swift Boat Veterans that spread pernicious lies about John Kerry. Mm-hmm. And that team spent a lot of money on that. Duke was a right-wing conservative. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so we got along pretty well. Interestingly enough, Duke, at one point uh, in the first season, we wanted to do a show kind of like what we ended up doing with the Thanksgiving episode with the homeless vet on the beach. Right. And it was the only time Duke asked me not to write about something. And I honored it and said, fine. You should bring up the other kids. You should bring on Brian. And, uh, uh, well, first off, I want, to play, I want to play the interview that me and Chuck did with Jason Priestley. Oh, sure. sure. Um, we'll start we'll there. After, you know, if you want. And, but we'll start there, and then we'll bring everybody on, and we'll get okay. everybody's thoughts on what happened. But So Sorry, Jason was kind that. enough to, uh, to spend some time with me and Chuck a little earlier today. And you can see the full interview on Patreon, but... Here's about 10 minutes or so. That's awesome. I, I couldn't believe it today. I was watching the morning news, waiting, and I'm about to turn the channel. 
And there's a promo for you, a show that you're involved in. I didn't even know. So you got to tell me because you know how many times I'm actually watching a network uh, television station is not that often anymore. You know, like most everybody that we know. So tell me, but it's on the CW. What what are you doing before we get to talk? It's about on this. It's on the CW. It's a show called Wild Cards. Um, it's uh, I'm I'm just a recurring character on it. I'm playing I'm I'm you know one of the main characters' dads, and so that's 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 how that's how my career has progressed. Now I've I've fully moved into Jim Ackhouse territory. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. you know what you and Eckhouse have in common, of course, is among other many good things, it's just gorgeous children. So uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. You know, I love. Uh, Whenever your your better half posts, so you post. I see your kids. I can't believe it. You know, you're you, you know, I cast you as a dad. Looking at your daughter, I cast you as a dad too. <laughs> that man a shotgun. I, you know? The the scariest thing that we're doing now is touring colleges with her. Oh wow. She's a junior now. So we're like, this is our oh, year to tour big. school. Cause that's kind of where considering leading to. California University, maybe. Well, I mean, who who wouldn't consider California University? Oh, Condors. Go Condors. I feel like there was an episode of 90210 where you and Brenda were, or Shannon, were trying to convince the Walshes who should go to college. So now it's like happening in your, and where they should go. I feel like it's now coming into your real life, which is fascinating. Yes. Unfortunately, all those mistakes I made when I was a kid are all coming back to haunt me, Peter. <laughs> Here's the important thing. Here's the important thing. Please share this with Naomi. The okay. most important college she can pick is one that the planes that leave Nashville Airport fly directly to. You you want to fly to, let's say, I have a nephew who lives in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, <laughs> My choices are to leave, take the night flight or the the morning flight, the six o'clock a.m. flight for direct flights. You want direct flights to the college town. Very important. And they don't have it, so screw it. No Ann Arbor. No matter. Moving on. <laughs> First of all, before we get to Duke, David Gale also passed away in the last month or so now. Yeah, yeah. Do you have memories of David? Yeah, of course I do. We spent the entire season together, me and David. That's and right. then David actually was starring on a on a show with my uh, girlfriend at the time that they shot up in Vancouver. What was it called? What was it? What Savannah? He was on Savannah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, he was on Savannah with uh, with with my old girlfriend. So I I spent a lot of time with David wow. over the years, and not only at our show, but you know, in other other locales as well. Good guy. He was a great guy. He was. You know, super down to earth, just uh, you know, blue collar dude. You know, and uh, you know, like, you know, was was into the simple things, right? Like he, you know, he like he liked to have a beer after work, and he, you know, but then and then when I saw him in Vancouver and they were shooting Savannah, he he lost a bunch of weight, and I said, dude, what are you doing? And it was right when they had started the the indoor climbing wall. Oh wow! Phrase yeah. has just had just started, and he was going over to this to this place. I don't know, North Van or West Van or somewhere where they had an indoor climbing wall, and he that's all he was doing. And he'd lost like fifteen pounds, twenty pounds. It was wow. it was remarkable. He looked great. Well, let's get into talking about Duke, though, uh, Jason. Um, you mm. probably dealt with him on some level, right? What was your relationship like with Duke? 
You know what? My relationship with Duke was, uh, it was, it was phenomenal. I love that guy. We, uh, so I owned a house in Montecito a mile from his house in Montecito. So I used to go over to his house all the time. We used to play golf together on the weekends. Um, when did he our, take uh, you up in his plane? He, he did. When, when Richard Lang, one, another director on, on 902 and a guy named Richard Lang, when he passed away, um, Duke and I, his funeral was on a weekend. Of course, Duke and I were up in Montecito. So I said to Duke, I said, hey, what are we going to, how are we going to, are you, are you thinking of going to Richard's funeral? What are you going to do? He said, oh yeah, I'm going. You want to come with me? I said, sure. So he comes and picks me up in his car. I think we're going to drive down to LA. We drive to an airfield in Santa Barbara and we drive up to his hangar. We go, we go, we push his plane out. We get on his plane and we fly down to Santa Monica and go to Richard's funeral. And then we flew back. It was amazing. He was, you know, Duke was a, Duke was a Navy flyer and he was a blue angel. Um, got, he flew with the Blue Angels. Did he never take you up on the on the on the one of the Blue Angel, one of those guys? No, I never. I I could never do it. Whenever they were in session, where they take people up in the Blue Angels, I was always working no, or I was out of there? town. Did, I could never was, do it. Did it? Was it Luke and Shannon? Somebody went up. One of you guys went up there, and I always thought you were one of I, them. But but no, I, I, no, I, I I think it was Luke. Yeah, I think it was Luke and and, and maybe Shannon. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but it wasn't me. Unfortunately, I always wanted to, but I just never had the chance. But I flew with Duke in his plane, which was pretty cool. Absolutely, that's very cool. Yeah, what was yeah, he like? Was he, he was, was yeah, he a he big loved, character? He loved, he loved you and Shannon so much, both of you. I yeah, mean, really was very happy with you guys personally. He, he, yeah, he was he was he was a big character. He was he was he was a pretty big imposing guy. But then he also you know, big smile on his face all the time and super, you know, you know, when, whenever you see him, he's, he, whenever you saw him, he would just pull you into a big hug. Like he was a, he was a big teddy bear. He was really, he was really awesome. And, you know, and super quick witted and super funny. Um, and also, you know, like kept the, he, he sort of was the, was the, you know, he was, he was sort of the, you know the the nuts and bolts guy of uh, of spelling. Well, he was also the tough guy too. You're right, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always, he, you know say, I always used to say it was a combination of Tony Bennett and Carlo Gambino. You know, he could yeah, just, he could go yeah. for he he we we had some really uh, just great screaming matches uh, <laughs> that we both appreciated. And did you? And I'm sure you you. Um, you 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 tipped the glass with him at a, at at some point. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Duke and I uh, Duke and I drained a couple of bottles, especially uh, in our time in Montecito together. I remember, <laughs> you know, Karen and I actually we were at your house in Montecito. I remember really fondly. <laughs> um. So did you? I mean, did you did you see Duke in action? Chuck has told some really great stories about you know seeing Duke handle things and all that kind of stuff or do you have any good duke stories no no i my, my uh, relationship with duke we never you know i didn't i didn't have to do business with him so that never became part of it you know um uh, he always dealt with you know agents and lawyers and you know and writers uh like chuck you know like so i i i just i just knew duke <laughs> as this as this super warm 
uh, funny, sweet guy who, you know, who like you could tell just in the way he carried himself that he carried a big stick, but he didn't have to, uh, he didn't have to use it all the time. And he was, and, and certainly with, with me and with, and with the rest of the cast, he was, you know, he was uncle Duker, man. Like everybody loved Duke and he was super fun, super fun to be around. But, you know, but I, but I think also, you know, um, just, just knowing we had a guy like that in our corner made us all feel, um, absolutely. Secure. Absolutely. And he was such a contrast to Aaron. They just, yeah. They just approach the world completely different on, on almost yeah. all of them. Well, and I think that's why their, their partnership works so well, right? Luke, you know, Aaron, Aaron was super warm and cuddly and, you know, creative and would take care of all that side of it. Duke would take care of the, the business side of it the, and the stuff that Aaron didn't want to deal with, right? Well, one did almost, <laughs> almost anything in his capacity to avoid confrontation. <laughs> and that, and when I say confrontation, I don't mean a big argument. I just mean any disagreement. Right. Whereas Duke was, where is he? Let me at him. You know, <laughs> ready to do that uh, on every form of it. And it was funny. We were we were talking about having the the network uh, come and join us in a conversation like we're having now. Mm -hmm. uh, on this and um the one person we reached out to um i know that duke was he said well i don't i didn't do much with duke and that was by duke's choice because duke thought the fox broadcasting company were the biggest bunch of ignorant douchebags <laughs> uh, he, he did really like like we all did oh some of our episodes oh that sounds perfect for us and if you think about and, and right. we both know that that really put us on the map and excelled and allowed this show, Mr. Spelling, to keep this show going for 10 seasons. But, um, yep. you know, they they had made a lot of different mistakes and a lot of different, I mean, I mean, the classic one, the worst mistake any Fox executive made. And and when I and when Duke heard it, he just he just roared with laughter. As as Aaron was picking up the phone to tear this guy's asshole was when they called me to say that I had to take Tori out of the main credits, and I went to, to Duke's office and said I just got this call from the network, um, and I and I think they called me because they're afraid of you. <laughs> and Duke said something like, "Nah, they're afraid of me." That's the letter that. And Aaron said, "I um he was already dialing the phone." And, yeah, I bet he was. And poor Dan McDermott, who was the one who had to, was the one assigned to tell Aaron this. Uh, <laughs> that was a, oh. <laughs> Thank you, Jason, it. for your time here. We will all see you in Pittsburgh. I think I'm coming up out there to see you. So I'm oh, super you are awesome. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, man, we'll, we'll, all I, we'll all hang out. Yeah, we'll yeah. I look to see if the if the Dodgers would have been in town, you would have seen me too. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. there we go. Boy, they built a super team this year. They're oh going for it, aren't they? Um, oh why my not? God. Why not? I'm yep. sick of this October slide. Let's win one for a change. Well, now they've got all the chances oh, awesome. in the world, all the play, all the right yes, pieces. Of yeah. Thank yeah, you so much, do. Jason. Much love to you. Right. We always, always love talking love to you. you. My Thank best you. to Naomi, please. Thanks, buddy. I will. Love to Karen. Right. Talk to you guys later. Okay. Remove that. Okay, I thought that was great. Good, good chat with uh, Jason. Let's bring on our other friends here. 
our panel of experts. Hi, everybody. Hello, Diane. No wavered people. Hi, everybody. Hi, Diane. How are you? It's so good to see you yeah. again. Doing good. Good. That's good yeah. to hear. And our friend Drew Kinney, returning champion, is back again to, to win more money on the game show. <laughs> I'm giving Ken Hennings a run for his money. <laughs> That's it. Um, well, why don't we start you, Chuck? Uh, you knew you knew um, Duke very very well. Um, what it was what was what was it like to meet him? What was it like? When did you first meet Duke Vincent? How did he come into your world? Um, it, it was, Duke was, had to, was, I met him, um, when he was going through something pretty psychologically complex, because this man who had done all this, all these shows with Aaron Spelling, all this, the backbone of the American Broadcasting Company for the last decade had just been told that he is not the executive producer of his, the television show, because, you know, it was a non-union show. He was a union producer. He could not put his name on it. They didn't want him to do it. They had other people to be brought in, and one of them was someone who'd never done it before, i.e. me. So he was not... Um, he be, he was the good soldier, which we've talked about. You hear that again and again, the Blue Angel, the military background, the, the part of the team, in that he... Um, you know, his job was to teach me stuff and to, to make sure this ran if the other partners, which is propaganda, fell fell through. And he did that. He kind of saved 90210. He knew that the facilities that we were put in was breaking us up. He was the one who had the, told me, do you know your staff hates you? <laughs> That's the point. Yeah, I had no idea because we weren't together. We had split up. I had managed not to kill, get these episodes passed, but we weren't hanging out. There was no a real community being built because we had no offices. You know, that mm -hmm. offices helped the community at that point anyway. Um, but uh, he stepped in on that and got us offices and, and, and did a lot. And, and he had those sessions. Were you in those sessions ever, Drew, that, and, and Diane, when he would go over the script preliminarily or is that just a that was or is that a really a small meeting? That might have been not for me ever now. That's not he wouldn't do that. Well, in season one, he did a great service and he just basically especially needed before Paul was there, but especially ah. in the sense of a sense of trust, was that he every script he would go through and say, Here's the stuff that's out of the norm. How are you going to do it? Here are things you don't do, you know, in this. And that was the only thing that he was willing to comment on a script, on a storyline or dialogue or that he didn't really, that wasn't going to be his focus. Only one time did Duke ever say to me, boy, that was harsh. And interestingly enough, it was um, the summer episode uh, from the, the club with, um, you know, uh, Eckhaus and uh, and Brandon, you know, oh. at the, the beach club and Rattinger and all of that, you know, the, with the car and just, 
you know, that he thought he was the only creative note he ever gave and asking us to take the Vietnam story. And uh, once we put it back in and in about the homeless vet, he was, you know, was more golf and, you know, it's different. Chuck, you did tell me that on that Rattinger episode, the Beach Club episode, that you had oh. a, a an, an FOD friend of Duke that was in that was cast in the show. Yeah, I don't want to be overly mean, but we worked with a lot of actors in all these episodes, and if you rank I think, them, I think this one is her. all the way down to the bottom. Oh, here, well, here you go. You be your own. Is this this is her, right? <laughs> I have to do it yet, but uh, I'll turn up the heat. How's that? When did you start working for my husband? Uh, about 15 Whoa. minutes ago. What do you think of him so far? Uh, your husband's a great guy. You don't have to put on an act with me, Brandon. I'm sorry, Mrs. Ranger. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm talking about my husband. I'm talking about his mistress. You're not... This is a friend of Duke. And Diane, you're reacting to this person. I am. I've never seen that clip. She's one of my best friends. Oh. What say it again? Um yeah, so that was Pete, well, we're gonna have to change the change the tone tone of where you were going with that, Chuck, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, anyway, Duke got a friend on the show, so you know her. You know her. Was she in? Was she in wardrobe too? I mean, is she? No, she she's an actress and a director. Ah, well, her name is Timothy Blake. Her name is Timothy Blake. Timothy Blake. Well, it was it was a hard uh, one. It wasn't it wasn't done. It wasn't. We could have found the better things for her to do. I think when all was said and done, and I, it was the only time I had to go and and work with someone in looping. She's the one that recommended me. I love. Then all's forgiven. <laughs> all is forgiven. Thank you. Yeah, you know, Diane, Pete, and I, and Larry, we all watched a, a show today. Um, the one where we, the fling in Palm Springs. I right. think you were there by then, right? The one we in filmed Palm out. Springs. Oh, we, no. we pretended we were in Palm Springs and we filmed out in Calabasas. No, no. I don't or, recall that. Maybe not that one you wanted. Yeah. But I remember, I, I thought that uh, Kelly looked really great in what she was wearing and the colors that she had on. So I assumed it was you. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, Diane, well, but it's 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 very interesting. We've covered a lot of interesting stuff from the early seasons, and there's such a vast difference from when you joined the show of how good it started to look, how good the costumes, the wardrobe started to look. Um, it's it's they put Brenda in something prior to your arrival that I was just like, I, I cannot believe she's wearing this. Uh, um, so it was great that you joined the the show and Thanks. did what you did for for all of us <laughs> you brought order law and order to the <laughs> to the wardrobe and then i lost my mind <laughs> so but so diane did you know that uh so did you ever see duke socially 
Not socially. I actually avoided Duke because I was never on budget. <laughs> Whenever I saw the rolls out front, I was like, ooh, let me just go to my office and close the door. But I did have, uh, I do have a story about Duke. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, Mr. Spelling called me into the office, into his office, and um, I didn't really know what it was for. I, th I just thought we were going to chat, maybe discuss the girls, you know. And um, I went in, I sat in the office, and Mr. Spelling started going off about, we really love you, and we're so proud of your work, and blah, blah, blah. And then Duke walks in. And we say our hellos, and then Duke starts pacing behind me with his hands in his pockets, rattling the change. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, damn, this is not going to go well. <laughs> this is not what I thought. So then um, Mr. Spelling says, well, we've heard that you've been offered to design a clothing line for uh, some other companies. And I said, yes, I've received calls and, you know, I haven't really done anything about it. I've been too busy. And so he proceeded to tell me in the nicest possible way. Now, Duke is still pacing in the background <laughs> with the change in the pockets. I told me in the nicest possible way that if I did anything without them or without their approval, they would bury me. So yeah, no, Duke was, um, he was a good guy though. I really, I really liked him a lot. Yeah. You just, uh, you just got that, image of the like the panther walking back and forth the one kind of ready to pounce is needed all this is going on my mr spelling with all of his love and tact and you know his gift of gab so, so did you respond by saying no you know why do you want to be cut did he ever indicate that he wanted to be in the a clothesline world at that point? In we never did. And I think it, it was strange that we didn't ever get together and do that because um, it would have... Well, I, I think that's because what he was most comfortable in doing, and I would probably say Duke too, was, was television series. Yeah. He wanted to make... Television, I, I know that he got such a, I was, or I was told, uh, you know, after the fact, because we weren't talking at that point, long after, that he got all those shows done in that later stage of his career with Charmed and and uh, Seventh Heaven and, and, and on other and networks and other things, and that he became a, 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 uh, that he became a full-bodied um, doctor again. Um, I mean, um, I'm sorry, that was my doctor calling. <laughs> That's great. Oh, isn't old age wonderful? <laughs> producer, producer, producer. Um, 
Well, it would have been great. I mean, Diane, the people were wearing everything that you, you inspired a whole generation. I grew up in New Jersey, as you may, may or may not know, and what you kids say, would show up wearing the stuff yeah, that they saw on 90210. So that is directly from what you were what you were doing, and the and the girls themselves as well, how they wore it as well. But um, it would have yeah, been nice. it was it was really flattering, you know, to see it er everywhere in the malls in L.A. and blah 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 blah. That was that was terrific. But it would have been great if we could have, you know, come to some uh, deal on that. But uh, I remember Duke because there's Mr. Spelling sweet talking me on one side and Duke pacing <laughs> in the back with the change rattling. And I'm like, wow, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Drew? Uh, do, you said you had a couple of great uh, Duke stories. Yeah, well, you know. <sighs> I'm sitting listening to everybody talking about Duke and, you know, trying to think how to explain Duke to people who don't know Duke. This is why I showed that Kennedy clip because I was like, you need to see that. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think that really captures it because, or, or maybe just, you know, it's like who I was at my age. Cause you know, like it's one of my first full-time jobs really out of college. After yes. I got involved in the business and moved across the country. And it was, you know, it's like, I'm not very starstruck as a person. I kind of like, I treat everybody like a normal person. At Duke as well, but it was kind of like Gregory Peck walked into the room, you know, and it's sort of like, oh, you know, like, I'm sorry, sorry, or, or oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Grant, excuse me, let me get out of your way. Right, yeah. <laughs> he wore a lot of gold. He had that, like, he had that gravitas that, like, you knew that there was something important about him, but you, even if you didn't know who he was, like, the PAs in the office had no clue, and they were just like, yes, sir, you know, because there was just something about the way he commanded the room when he walked in so i didn't really i didn't really get many opportunities to just like sit in a meeting with him because most of them were about very specific things because you're right like he's that taskmaster and he was like if i ran into him at the stage he was there for a reason there was a purpose and he wasn't going to waste a bunch of time doing something else and we were in a i don't know what i don't know what it is we were doing we were in paul's office and duke showed up and so we were already in the office and he came in and he was he started doing that pacing thing where he was walking back and forth so nobody could really leave because he started talking <laughs> walk as a pulse he walked by the door and then walk over by the window and then you couldn't <laughs> even get up to just like make the move to the door because he was already coming back and the story and paul was saying no 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 you gotta tell him and he was like you gotta tell him about aaron's trip and so duke's like oh well yeah so and then he's like, you know, pushes somebody out of the way and sits down on the couch and he just, you know, starts launching into it. And everybody's just like, you know, E.F. Hutton was speaking. <laughs> and um, it was Aaron had gone somewhere for the weekend. He told him that Candy had taken him somewhere for his birthday. And Duke asked him, <laughs> where said, I don't know, because Aaron didn't drive. So Vegas. he was taking places and he was always yeah, doing it, really paying attention either. And so Duke was explaining to us how he had to, you know, drill into him to figure out where he went because Aaron couldn't tell him anything. And so he was like, so, okay, was it daytime? And he goes, yeah, it was daytime. Was it early or was it late? Goes, I don't know. And he goes, okay, um, when you left the house, which way did you turn? Well, we turned left. Okay, well, you weren't going X. 
And then he'd say, so you're driving. Now, which side of the car was the sun on? And how long did you drive for? And so he was just like asking him these little details. He could remember little bits of things, but he couldn't remember any of it tied together. And it turned out that they went to Laguna and stayed someplace in Laguna. And then they came back and they went to Long Beach and they went deep sea fishing. So he regaled the whole story for us with every little parcel of information along the way. Like he was very purposeful about how he really had to drag it out of him, but he was going to do it. And that's the thing that I think is probably one of the most important. Everybody's kind of said that is that whatever it was he was doing, there was an end that he was going for. And like he was telling us that story to be very specific about he was solving every one of the things that were dropped in front of him. It was like a detective show. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. Figuring out Aaron Spelling's trip. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that was the Duke, the Duke aesthetic. They did Vegas together. Mm -hmm. And Vegas, whoever, and the star of Vegas was his buddy. You know, it was like they were talking, Jason was talking about, you know, flying with Duke to, to Richard Lang's funeral. You know, Richard Lang was in that same yep. crowd, same club, you know, of guys who kind of hung out. Um, well, Aaron had the uh, the train car that went to Vegas. Yeah, the, the railroad car. Is that what he would do? Yeah. Larry, you have a great Duke story that you've told here before, but it's great. It should be shared again. All right. Uh, okay. So this was, uh, I guess it was season, I guess it was season five because Valerie's in it. Five. Oh, that's right. And, uh, and Chuck, uh, we, you know, we had, been, this is the end of, we're, we're writing now the end of, and creating the end of, uh, of Dylan losing his money. And he's got to go back and get his money. We've been building up for this for almost a year and a half. And as it turned out, Duke had a buddy, Marco, who also was a blue angel, who had developed the Palmia Hotel in Cabo which at that point was the first really luxury hotel I would say there. And I guess he approached you, Chuck, about whether we could shoot there? Well, when we were going to do an episode that was going to be set against Mexico, I assumed that we'd be going back to Malibu. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. That's what we always did. Yeah, that's exactly right. Chuck didn't want to spend the money. All of a sudden, Duke comes up with this great thing that we're going to go to Kabul. And Chuck's going, like, he can't pay the money. But here's this fiscal. He wanted to promote the hotel. And so here's this fiscal conservative that made sure that we never went over budget every season, just like I did. He drove that into me. We never did as a unit. We always, God bless the Teamsters Union. Duke knew how to get them in the base level. And we'd always do great. And we'd always bring it in under budget. The, for the season, and that was, you know, Duke, you know, a lot of, you know, pride into that. Um, so it, it, it was, it was really out of, out of the pattern. But it, as it turned out, as it unfolded, right. he had this buddy, and he wanted to help him out, and he wanted to help us out. And now it's uh, Paul Wagner. You know, we, everyone was saying, okay, we can do this, and and so basically, I went down there on a location scout because I hadn't written it yet, and I was going to write it to the locations. And on the plane uh, going down, we were going to fly down with Duke, who's flying it. And there was a pilot also with him on the way down. Um, and so it's Paul, it's uh, J.P. Perret, and it's uh, the location manager, the guy I've never seen before uh, named Gleiberman. The last name was Gleiberman. <laughs> and, uh, we've, and so we got into Duke's King Air in Van Nuys. And, you know, Duke, 
again, he is such a dashing figure. So he just was in his glory. He's going to fly the plane down, but he actually didn't have the full responsibility because he had the other guy there too. And we take off and, you know, it's really uh, kind of luxurious. You know, you got a flight tent taking care of us. It's all very good. We make one stop at a very small airport. I've forgotten this detail. (laughs) A very small airport. I'm not sure which side of the border it was on. I'm not sure why we stopped there, but I went there <laughs> the next five years, every time I crossed the border, I was flagged because it was a smuggler's airport. <laughs> but, but that's aside, we get to Mexico and we stay at the Palmi. It's fantastic. We're, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's all coming alive for me. I'm going to be writing this thing. I'm seeing the locations there. We're on the beach. We're there. It's like two days there. We got everything and we're going to do it. It's all going to happen. We can make this work. And we get ready now, two, three days later, I guess the third day, flying home and we're getting ready and the guys have had a big lunch we all had lunch together and they you know they were again these are two-fisted drinkers from a different generation different set of rules and you know and when they're having fun telling stories all this stuff and we get in the car and we're driving to the airport and the sky is going fucking black and and we're hearing thunder and we're seeing lightning in the distance and i'm going like hey what's the rush man you know like maybe we should like just have some lunch and stuff you know, like I'm the only scared person. Like, well, we shouldn't go up. And everyone else is going, oh, no, we got to get home. Duke has this thing here. He's got to get back or whatever. So, you know, now we're at the airport and we're, we're getting in, in the plane. And, and it's it's really bad. Okay. It's bad. And, I, and Paul Wagner takes me aside and says, look, JP Perret has already been in an aircraft accident. So it, it can't possibly happen again. Like, that was really comforting. That was really comforting. So now we get in the plane. And, and we're strapping in, and, and it's just dark. And you could hear the radio calls from the other pilots. I'm going to sit this one out. I'm going to sit this one out. Now, I should say that Duke is now with not another pilot, but he's with Marco, his buddy who's a Blue Angel. And the two of them are like two guys pushing each other. Yeah, yeah, rock and roll. We are going. We are going. <laughs> and we start taxiing down. And as we taxi down, lightning strikes the, the tower. And I go, fuck. No, we're in the middle of an anvil cloud. And we're just watching it go on. The plane is fucking shaking, shaking, and shaking. It goes on that way for, I don't know, maybe it was 30 seconds, maybe it was a minute, but we made it out of there. And Duke and Marco could not have been more apologetic. They had been foolish and, and to go, and they risked everybody's lives, but we made it. So that was it. I love, I love it. Well, let's rock and roll. Let's go. Rock and roll, because again, they're from another generation. They were having fun together, two of them. And hope God bless, maybe Marco's still alive. I don't know. But that hotel turned out to be a great, famous hotel. Yeah, uh, now the rates are exorbitant. It's a completely oh, yeah, different uh, bucks a night. experience. Yeah. When we had David Gale on our show, he told a great flying story about Duke Vincent as well. I'm going to play that. And then, Chuck, I've got a bunch of, we want to hear all yours. So here's here is this one from David Gale. Hey, Robin Lively and I were dating. And we had gone to New York, uh, and it was uh, winter, and it was that time of that big storm up there, the, the huge storm in Manhattan to shut everything down. I think it was, I don't know when, 96, 97 or something. We were in a hotel, and we were trying to get flights out because we had to shoot, like, I think it was Saturday, and we had to shoot on Monday, so we were trying to get flights out on Sunday, when, and uh, we hadn't been able to get any flights out. So I made a call to my agent and they made a call to the set, uh, to uh, Spelling and said, look, uh, David and uh, you know, Robin uh, aren't going to be able to make the show. And Timmy, they said, uh, Duke uh, is working on getting you out of there. He knows someone uh, uh, that, knows that, someone. that flies uh, or he says he could even, he could even fly or this that, and the other. And uh, they're gonna try it. So we get this call 
that we need to go to Jersey to some airport and uh, that, that that's possibly where we're going to go and, no, and that we're going to, you know, fly get a storm. when no one else in their right mind would fly on the plane. And I swear, I swear to you. And I, I, I thought about it. I said, okay, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a servant, you know, I'm like, sure. Okay. And I remember hanging up and I, and, and I, I told Robin and I, and I thought about it for a second. I called my, I go, no, man. No, we're not flying out in this blizzard. <laughs> um, Chuck, what about uh, the bomb scare? That was, uh... <laughs> well, now we're in season three and we're doing graduation. And, you know, the, the, the show is really in a nice trajectory, nice arc fight everything about the turmoil of the season and changing roles and things. It was, I thought it was a pretty good year. I, Diane, you were there for that year, season three. We're just kind of cruising to the end. It's going to have a, be a big clip show saying goodbye to high school. We had won the right to move forward, you know. So, uh, so we, we, at this point, Duke is not that involved with Beverly Hills 90210. Spelling is has some other ventures starting, other shows, other pilots. He's just not around all that much. And because also he did not need to be around all that much because it was a pretty well-oiled machine. And we had Paul Wagner. Paul was a very strong executive producer, producer. So there's Paul and 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 with this. And we get, we're doing a location scout and we're building stuff down for, at Torrance High School, where we were obviously where we filmed the, the high school years. And they find a explosive device that someone had planted um, right at the, uh, where all the action is going to be filmed um, with the uh, handing out of the diploma sequence and everything and uh, Andrea's speech. And this was, this was where it was going to be. And, and this is there. And they found it inadvertently. I think Dan Adius um, found it, right? It was his. Yeah, I think it was Dan. And it, but it was definitely his show. And, and Dan would walk the sets before um, we would film. And so he came back and reported this and it was pretty clear. You you get a phone call like that, and you and so Paul calls me and tells me what's going on, and and we've got this, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this, and Duke is coming in. I go, oh okay, well I'll see you, and you know I think we all reconnect in his office, and Duke comes in like the commando on any one of those action shows that he's produced. <laughs> It wasn't, you know, well, what was the threat? What was going to be the threat? What was really this about? Was this a one time or this? Who knows? But by the end, we had um, SWAT officers on rooftops with arms as we filmed the two, three days, out, two days out there. Uh, we didn't tell anybody, but if you looked up, there would be. I look right back at you. Oh my you know. God, I didn't know a thing. Yeah, well, we kept it kind of quiet, but uh, Duke, <laughs> um, but Duke came in with really blazing about about the the, the, the nature of the threat. 
But the I'll flash back on something that's way cooler. You know, that was just a weird thing. And obviously, and the other thing is good news story in that sense is that the person who put the bomb, or at least from there, put the explosive in, it didn't, it would have never detonated. Right. It didn't have a lot of things that made it, you know, a lot of nails and, you know, it was designed to hurt people, um, you know, but um, it was very cool. We Today, the episode, we watched a Palm Springs fling. Right. And I always remember Palm Springs fling for, for one moment, which is Operation Desert Storm had started. It was the moment it was starting. And someone ran into my office and said, Operation Desert Storm is starting. And we were filming the Palm Springs episode. And I went, oh, that's okay. We're filming in Calabasas and making it look like it's Palm Springs. <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how disengaged you are from the rest of the world when you're making one of these shows. But um, so I always remember that. And there's the show, and the show gets made, and we do it. And we're going to, you know, watch it. And um, the Gulf, now, now it goes on. Now it's the retaliation. The Gulf War is about to start. And one of the coolest things was being with Duke and, and our head of production his kind of protege in every way, uh, Gail Patterson, in Duke's office as the first bombs were going off and the first rockets over Tel Aviv, and he was like a military announcer. And and he knew exactly what was going on. He had real uh, connection to it, I guess, in some of his his extracurricular things or different things he did as he was becoming before he really became full partnership with Aaron. He did certain government things and, you know, kept his strategic blue angel life alive. And um, he must've known what he was talking about because the next day Duke is gone. And, you know, we would have those Duke meetings but Duke wasn't there for the Duke meeting because Duke got pulled in by the military to be an advisor yeah. on what Israel should be doing in that uh, thing. Wow. Based, I think it used to happen. Bay, it used to happen. Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay, I think, is where he, he went to. Where, where this, whatever this intelligence gathering thing is. Clinton um, did that too. Clinton did bring people from Hollywood to kind of strategize stuff. Yeah, but he was, yeah, but I don't know exactly what it was. I mean, it would be, he wasn't at liberty to say. But that first day of him talking about something, the other part of him just going off on what we're seeing and making sure we understood exactly what was going on was, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, that small airport we landed on somewhere, you know, with, with something because it, it, put, it put this thing on me for five years at least. <laughs> How did they know you were there? Yeah, because I guess we had to. No, I guess the plane was wasted. I was, I was on the uh, the whatever oh, the itinerary. Was. Was. I was part of that plane, that trip. Wow, that trip was flagged. Everyone on it, I assume, had the same treatment because I would all of a sudden get pulled aside. Like I'd come back from the country into the country, and I'd be pulled aside, and I have to sit there and answer questions. 
Wow. Catherine West good. says it's such a huge gift that they did this podcast. This is the only background info on 90210 I've ever taken an interest in because it's the only thing that isn't fluff and it's really about the show. Thank you very much for that, that comment. Um, okay, Brian has some questions about Duke from Reddit. Let's see what those look like, right? Yeah. Yeah, we got some, um, Reddit. Yeah, we got some thoughts, um, questions from people who heard right. about the past. Here we go. Uh, Neuroman00, who shout out, this is the guy, um, I'm assuming, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, that does the little recaps that Pete mentioned a while ago, you know, kind of detailing oh. all everything that goes. I love this person. This is yeah. the person I'm telling you that will say, Chuck went to go see Cruel Intentions. He sat in this seat. Like, they, they writes it, everything that we say here, he writes it. Uh, or Drew just got a phone call. They'll they'll write everything that we do on Reddit. It's it's very fascinating. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Um. So this person is asking. Well, he got did... involved. He got involved because it was the pilot, and they were doing the pilot for you know the class of Beverly Hills. Um. The pilot Darren wrote, and they were doing it in conjunction with propaganda. Um. And so Duke was involved with that to a degree, but even that, I think the director uh, pretty much ran that show uh, during the making of the pilot anyway. So, and, and as far as being involved with the series, his most involvement was season one. You know, that's, that was when the, the strong arm was there. Once, once Paul was there, it's not that he wouldn't, and also, I I always assumed that I was being that whenever we dealt with Gail Patterson, which was every single week, I'm dealing with Duke. Yeah, that, exactly. That was, you know, so that was Duke wasn't didn't have to. He had earned the right not to be in the rooms, and he wasn't supposed to be in the rooms. He was in a this was a non-union television show. So, but you know, you go to Duke when you needed his network, when he had his network or things he could do. There were certain things that Duke really had a good inside track on, and sometimes he came through with different people or or things. I feel like you guys would name things after Duke, like well, at, we had the building at at, at Occidental at uh, California University, the E. Duke Vincent Center. I think I think that's what the squad is called. It's the communications building, I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as far as so, when he got his exit out of the show, I I don't quite know, you know, because I'm done at five, and he wasn't very involved at that point. How well, was he, he after seven? that? I mean, he was, you know, he was always, always there, but it was like Gail was the one you really dealt with. But, uh, you know, he always was a, a benign presence. I was always happy to see him around. And, uh, and you know, because, again, he, he, there was just an upbeat quality to him and a real kind of shine and kind of a old Hollywood, you know. He just really yeah. felt that way. And, and you felt good like you were in show business. <laughs> uh, he wore a lot of gold. He had a big gold watch and gold chain sometimes, I remember. But uh, no, I don't, he was not really creatively involved. He didn't give notes or. You know, was I think Chuck, you said he loved the cast too. He never he never answered my last phone call, so well, there was that. No. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. He did love the cast. I mean, that's that's especially especially Shannon and 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 oh, Jay yeah. and Luke. You know the. Uh, our stars. He, I think he knew them the best. I mean, he liked everybody in that presence, and he knew. Obviously, he's known Tori since she was a little girl. I was gonna say, yeah, but that make, making that a you know unique uh, relationship in that way. 
Well, um, <laughs> our friend here asks what were some of his favorite episodes. It's impossible for us to know that, but it is was were there episodes you mentioned the the trip to Mexico? Were there episodes where he really got involved in? Maybe that's the better question. No. Well, the one he squelched me on the reason that it was such a, uh, you know, he, listen. He was a fighter in that, so sometimes he would do petty shit, and he did one to me, which, you know, he did this, you know, when we were doing the Rolling Stones episode, uh, you know, Fuji was our film. We did Fuji film, and Fuji had a helicopter, or had a blimp, excuse me, they had a blimp, and the blimp was in Los Angeles. And we had found out that the blimp was there and they would go that night, that first night, not when we were on the ground filming, because I remember it was a Thursday and a Saturday, I think it was. So not when we were filming or one or the other, but we were going to use the blimp and get some aerial shots. And they were perfectly down with that. And Duke squashed it. And he squashed it because we didn't go to him first. I, I don't care what his rationale was. That's what it was. They didn't do it. Ooh. So he didn't let me have my, because I'm I'm removed from all of that stuff. You know, I just wanted the shots. You know, I didn't keep, and, and the idea that they would have taken me up would have been a couple oh, of fun wow. The old executive producer wasn't so old by then, you know, back, way back then. Uh, Larry, what about in se later seasons? Anything that he was really involved in? I can't really remember being in any particular episode. Even the uh, you know, the uh, the kids' graduation from college. Really, you know, he just was a benign presence there. Everyone you know liked to see him, and uh, he wasn't the hatchet man at that point. There was Jonathan Levin was the was the angel of death. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Duke was Duke was. Really disengaged by that point. Duke was disengaged by the day I came to work. I mean, he was, they had done a lot. He had had a share. He's living up in Santa Barbara. He's got his life in this. If these shows, if this is it, if that was his feeling, you could sense, then I, you know, that's to be it. And I'll find something else. So there'll be something else because he and his, his wife were very popular, you know, and they were, as you say, kind of a Hollywood show business. Was a star, which is star of, of uh, Matt Houston. Yeah, Matt Houston was the series. It was a, it was a spelling mm -hmm. Goldberg series, maybe. Uh, it sure was. I knew the guys who two yeah. of the guys. Yeah. And Tony Shepard's brother Scott wrote for it. Scott Shepard wrote for it with Dan Pine. Right. The male lead in that we worked with in Winds on Water, I think. Oh gosh, forget his yes. name. Forget his name, but we did. Chuck, I have a note here. He Peter Chernin's boyfriend. Peter Chernin's story. Oh, I don't know. That was just that, that was the heat of battle, you know. That's, that's it, when, well, well, you got to experience the heat of battle with uh, with him. Yeah. Well, the the one thing about it was is that it had to do with, you know, if you you would this was a non union show the first go round, so it was how is the, the a certain kind of benefits going to be paid? Are there benefits? All this and propaganda. And, and their produced Jeffrey White came with the package and Duke, uh, which was going to mean that took the budget over uh, a certain amount, a million dollars. It was going to be a million in change, not very much. But he went nuts. No, that would could not be. You could not pay one cent on this. And he went nuts. And I started to appeal that the logic of that. <clears throat> and he flipped out on me. And it was a big room. 
it was a big room. There were too many people in that room for him to be so all the anger of him being in the position he's in to have to fight for this, something he doesn't want to be doing, doesn't deserve to be doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he says, he starts yelling, school is in session. School is in session. You know, school is in session. And I said, that's right. And I'm, the, and I'm here in school, but you know what? I'm the principal of the school. And if you got a problem with that, you got to talk to the superintendent of schools, Peter Chernin. Should I get him on the phone for you? Because I, that you know, I'm sitting here, and the reason I'm sitting there is because these people asked me to sit there, right? Not because I'm anything there, but so you know, don't impugn because I'm just trying to support them what they want to do. Right. And it was a moment that when I did that to Duke. And I had picked up the phone. I could be as theatrical as he was. And I made I was. And I picked up the phone. I'm looking right at him. There was a thing. Oh, this is going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> both of us had that moment, which is why yeah. I bring it up today. Because we both knew, oh, okay. Wow, he's formidable. Wow, he's yeah. willing to do that. No, good. And yeah. and I never, we never went, and had, went at it like that after that on any other aspect. We may have had some disagreements. We may have done, you know, stuff. But, but, but you know, the, the good thing was is that the show was running. The show worked. We got it done. You know, the, that the first 12 got done was was almost a miracle, and Duke was part of that miracle, <laughs> you know? Uh, Brenda wants to know. Um, I'm sure that's not her name, but whatever. She wants to know, did they name the name... Yes, the Duke character. Sorry, did they name the, the Duke, Duke character, character yeah. from the yeah. from our our friend Duke? Joey Vera, who played played the Duke? Duke uh, was the bookie, Larry. Yeah, the bookie. Yes, E. Duke Vincent. Yeah. Got you. Any more comments here? Uh, there was one more. Let's see. Oh, yeah, just some comments. Um, DKCT sixty two says, you know, very illustrious career. I had the pleasure of meeting him during his time on 90210. He was a wonderful person. I reached out to this person to see if I could get more details on that, but didn't get more. All right. Um, trash TV lover. Wanted to know if it was the name of the bookie, which we, yeah, just, which we just kind of discussed. Uh, and Brenda says her name is Brenda. Mm -hmm. So there, there we go. <laughs> okay. um, this is great. Listen, you said, Chuck, earlier that uh, after Duke was an after five guy. So I, I have a beer here in honor of Duke. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of the people that we talk about on this podcast are super important to the thing that made us enjoy it so much, right? And uh, a name like Duke Vincent in the spelling world is very important. It uh, helped. Well, to make it you know, he, he really was that 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 was the generation of network television. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we were starting in there at the late 60s Same and time. the 70s and 80s was really a strong time for networks until the very end, 88, 89, it started to waver a little bit. And uh, the 90s were its own decade. And then you had our challenges and it started to be different. But the so, you know, I associate, you know, Duke with the network part. And and Dynasty was his television show, and that was a big deal. Right, Diane? I mean, Dynasty in the in in the entire world of style of Hollywood at the time with um it was the same. Bob, Bob Mackey always the dresses and everything on that is that was um Nolan Miller. Nolan Miller, that's the man. Yes. Yeah. 
and Aaron loved him. He and Duke, yeah, they loved working. Yeah. Yes, they were I mean, very good friends. I did all the. Um, I worked on a lot of the big party scenes on Dynasty. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and because uh, I, I knew the group over there, and if they needed some extra hands, they would call me. But they they never had a budget worry on Dynasty ever. You know, it was like have a broadcasting company. It was the other one. I wasn't told this about Dynasty, but I'm sure it's the same thing. That was told us about the Colbys. That the it was fine China. It was Bacharach. That's the 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 kind of China they used as a set deck. Yeah. You know, there was no expense paid on that. He wanted it to this was the era of, of Reagan and he wanted it to look expensive and uh elite. Yeah. They did. The show didn't make it, did it? The Colby's? Colby's didn't, no, but the dynasty was the was Oh, the yeah. yeah. I'm just talking about there was no expense to pay. Well, <coughs> I made a reference before to seeing Duke as a young man uh, in, in, in an early producer in Dynasty and um, with, with his, you know, his, his production look. And and he, um, yeah, you know, and he was, you know, he was really, a, he really was a, you know, a dashing, dashing presence. Um, was. Yeah. Melissa Just wants to know, do you know how long he was with Spelling on uh, television? No, but see, that's an easy one to find. Yeah, yeah. decades. Yeah, it's called Google. All right, uh, this has been great. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's been great to honor such a, a, a force, it sounds like. I love when you guys drop a Duke Vincent story in the middle of some other thing that happened when you get reminded of something that Duke said or did. It's always different. It's always different than what we would normally hear from somebody. Well, I love the one word he used. He used to use this word all the time, and I have absorbed it into my vocabulary. Haven't used it in a while, which is a good thing, because he always used to talk about with production, it became a schmuckarama. <laughs> you remember saying that is a schmuckarama? No. What is a schmuckarama? You it, it it is what it sounds like. That's what I figured. Yeah. You know, yeah. Blind leading the blind. Right. Yeah. It got out of control. It was a schmuckarama. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. All right, guys, this has been great. Thank you all for joining us. We will see everybody next week. I'm sure for something. I don't know what yet. Um, but uh, this has been great. Um, and on the Patreon, Chuck and I watched that episode um, of Fling and Palm Springs. You can watch that. And we will talk more about that at some other point, I guess. All right. This has been great, guys. We will see everybody next week. Bye. Chuck, you look so tan. You know, I think I just.